Good morning. Good morning. Bobby, where are you at, Bobby? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. There, there you are. Y'all want to come up? I want to come on up here and do this. Is Julia and John both here? Use this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Okay, we on now? Okay, good. We would like to thank all of the people of Memorial. With your help, we were able to buy two new scoreboards for the gym. They will be delivered and, ins and installed in the next couple of weeks. We are done with the scoreboard fun, but we are not done with fundraising. fundraising. <laughs> we are continuing our fundraising efforts with our money going to Heifer's International Seeds of Change program. This program works in two very poor areas, the Arkansas Delta and Appalachia. This program will provide 17 families with heifers, goats, and sheep, assist 116 families in food production and providing income for their families. The original 17 families who received livestock will pass on the offspring to an additional 17 families. The project will also establish three farmers markets and one community kitchen which will benefit 45 families. We appreciate the help that the church has given us with the scoreboard project and look forward to your continuing support. Now, do you know when you have coincidences, there are God incidences, right? And we had already talked about and staff having a special offering during Lent for Heifer International, okay? So then th these two come up and say, this is what they're gonna do. So we think that's a God incident. Don't forget to ask for prayer cards now during these announcements, and I do have a few. Let me say that, first of all, I guess it's in the 11 o'clock service. There's a rose, right? Okay, okay, there's supposed to be a rose here. There will be. <laughs> Uh, okay, for Duncan Jeter. Now, y'all know Duncan has been born now a couple weeks, but uh, the rose was not gotten, was, uh, I think June never got around to ordering it till for this Sunday. So, anyway, I made myself a note to announce it. <laughs> so, uh, is there going to be one at 11 o'clock too? Anybody know? Okay, where is it? Where is it? Okay. It's in the sanctuary. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that doesn't lessen anything at all about our joy <laughs> for Katie and Eric uh, and uh, their family. Kids regular Sunday night programs on handbells, choir, mission kids, and Bible study will meet tonight. The, a reminder that next Sunday, February the 3rd is when the mission kids will do their man, um, uh, uh, annual Make-A-Wish, Make-A-Swish basketball fundraiser at four o'clock here in the Family Life Center. Also today at uh, beginning of the junior high Sunday school is the confirmation orientation. So if you're part of that, please be in the junior high Sunday school uh, at the beginning of that class. And, that, and don't forget to coming up Wednesday, Supper on February the 6th, 
uh, from 537 is our our monthly Wednesday supper. It's a great time of food and fellowship and hope that you'll mark your calendars for that. Today is the day that we are recognizing the scout program in the 11 o'clock service, but I wanted to also recognize any scouts who may be here now in this service. Are there any scouts here in this service? Any of you scouts, stand up. If you're a scout, stand up. The only one now is you stay stand up. Any of you ever former scouts? Stand up if you're a former scout, come on. Or a leader, or a scout leader. Were you a scout leader? All right, I think scouting program was one of the greatest things that we do. Let's give them a round of applause. And we will, uh, in fact, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more about the scouting programs in just a minute. All right, let's see. That's all that I have. Any other announcements anybody else has? Then let us begin our worship together. Will you stand and let's sing together?
This one, and we do just say, Holy is your name. Holy are you, Lord, and, and worthy of our praise. Lord, we come here this morning just to, to lift you high and to praise your name and to shout Hosanna to you. And you're just so magnificent and powerful, and we are just in awe of all the marvelous things that you do for us. Lord, help us just to carry you, carry you with us, and let your light shine. And let your light shine through us to others this week. Lord, we praise your holy name. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up. song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship
failing the end draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then Till then, good morning. It's good to see you. And children, will you come to the carpet? Good morning. Have y'all been practicing your basketball shots? No. Yes, some kids have. We have make a swish coming up soon, so y'all better be practicing. Miss Corey says they ha y'all have skills already. No. <laughs> Caroline looks worried. All right. Are y'all ready to get started? Okay. Jesus was very busy when he was here on earth. God sent him here to help others. So, one day, when Jesus went to the church where he grew up uh, when he was a little boy, where Mary and Joseph took him to church, the people asked him to read part of the Bible and explain what God really was talking about. So, here's some things that the Bible says that we're supposed to do, and this is how Jesus kind of explained it first, okay? Jesus asked us, to please help the poor, those who don't have enough food to eat or clothes to wear or a safe place to live. How do you think we could help the poor? Does anybody have any ideas? Give money to get food. Yes, ma'am. Toys that you don't play with anymore. Donate to your local ministries or the soup kitchen. All right, here's another one. Jesus also asked us to help people that have a hard time seeing. What are some ways that we could help people that can't see? Yes. 
to help guide them? That's a good answer. That wasn't even on the paper. Good job. Anybody else got any ideas? You guys are all doing something to help people that can't see. Do you, anybody remember what your um, funds that you raised for Make-A-Swish? Yes, Lauren, do you know? You're doing Make-A-Swish for the School for the Deaf and Blind. That's right. Does anybody else have any ideas how you could help people that can't see? Yes, Natalie. You could help them to see again. Yep, some people you could raise money for, and maybe they could get a necessary eye surgery from a special doctor, and they could see again. Jesus also wants us to help people that are not treated fairly. Like, maybe some kids are teased at school, or they, um, they get lonely or don't have any friends. What are some ways you could help people that are not treated fairly? Be their friend. That's a good one. Yes. Help them to be treated fairly, just be a good friend. That's a good answer. All right, so can you guys bow your heads and pray with me, please? Dear God, thank you for giving us the Bible. And thank you for teaching us ways to help other people. Please show us ways we can help others every day. Amen. All right, y'all work on bringing me your pledge cards back, okay? And Miss Katie misses you all very much. Let us pray. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh glorious God, creator of everything, and everything gives evidence of you. And so we come as faithful people and approach you, humbly asking, oh God, for your favor. We must confess, Lord, that uh, even though we know that your uh, commandments are perfect and that within them is life, we choose ways that lead us away from you. We know that your teachings are clear, and yet we do not listen. Save us, O God. In your mercy, count us blameless that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And by the gift of your Holy Spirit, may we be united in one purpose of serving you and proclaiming your good news. This day, O oh God, we come and we name uh, in our hearts many who walk in the darkness of pain and affliction. Uh, we pray ex for each one who is listed on our many prayer list, those that are listed in our bulletins, and those that are in our hearts. We offer them up to you at this point. Oh God, we also pray for Bud Garber, 
who's just admitted to the nursing home. And we pray for Jerry Belcher, who was in a car accident. We praise, O oh God, you for the successful operation and recovery for Susanna Clute's mother. We pray for Claire Reynolds, who is having surgery tomorrow. We pray for many others. We pray for our church. Oh Lord, we pray that you would empower us to bring new sight to those who are blind to your mercy. Bind up all who are brokenhearted. Give rest to those who are dying. Grant your peace to those who mourn. And this day, may all your promises be fulfilled in our hearing. For we offer these things to you in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before I read the scripture, I remind you that next Sunday, I forgot to tell you, is our first opportunity for communion in the church. It'll be here at the nine o'clock service. Give attention now to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pinched, pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold, and they are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thankful that your Holy Spirit enabled us this day to have the breath of life and to come and to know you and to be here in worship of you, O oh God. You deserve our worship. You're entitled to our worship and we are here freely to offer our worship to you. And we pray that your saint, that same Holy Spirit would guide us, O oh Lord, as we look 
for sermons and stones. We pray in your name. Amen. This is... uh, Uh, This day has been designated by our church as Scout Sunday to celebrate scouting, the scouting program. I'm going to give you one quick statistic. There is more scouting, uh, scouting troops are sponsored by United Methodist Churches than any other church in the world. Our denomination sponsors more scouting programs than anybody else in the world. And so we designate this day as Scouting Sunday. But it's also this time of year when there's a couple other things that are getting ready to happen. Anybody want to know what they are? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. I mean, that's a big holiday, Groundhog Day. And also, not so long after it, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, right? So this is your warning now to be prepared for Groundhog's Day and Valentine's Day. You know, I've always been just a little bit intrigued with groundhogs. I've always wondered why that they wake up early in February each year. Why do they do that? Well, believe it or not, they've actually done a research on this. Penn State did a research on this, and they found that they come out from their dens in February not to see how much winter awaits. Be you ready for this? But in order to find a girlfriend. The report is that boy groundhogs and girl groundhogs don't seem to be interested with each other most of the year. But after a long winter's hibernation, well, you get the picture. And that's probably why Valentine's Day follows so soon after, you see. It was for, what's, that, what's his name? I wrote it down. Puxatawney Phil, all right, to let Puxatawney Phyllis know how much he loves her. So it's probably providential that all these things fall together. Groundhog's Day, Valentine's Day, and Scouting Sunday all fall about the same time. Some churches celebrate it a couple of Sundays from now. You see, and the reason I think it's providential is because there's no organization like scouting in the world, I don't think, that better encourages an appreciation of the natural world. And it is one of the few organizations in our country today that encourage the love of God and the love of country to young people in our society. That alone would be worth uh, us honoring them. And so as we gather in worship today, we hear from our scripture lesson, Psalm 19, that nature actually is the first to introduce us to God. The creation introduces us to God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. And day after day they pour forth speech. And night after night they display knowledge, you see. And that is important. How many of you are Shakespeare scholars? Anybody Shakespeare scholar out here? Well, if you're a Shakespeare scholar, you would have recognized the sermon title because it comes from As You Like It when the banished duke seeks to reassure his companions and he says, And this our life, exempt from public haunts, finds tongues in trees, books in running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. How do you like my impression of Shakespeare there? 
sermons in stones. Think about it. Books in running brooks. Tongues in trees. You see, you can find sermons in stones. And you can find them in trees. And you can find them in uh, fragrant flowers and starry nights. And all this is sent forth to us by God to let us know of God, to let us see God. Joyce Rupp, the author, writes, One winter morning, I awoke to see magnificent lines of frost stretching across my window panes. Now listen to what she says. They seemed to rise with the sunshine and the bitter cold outside. They looked like little miracles that had been formed in the dark of night, and I watched them in sheer amazement, and I marveled that such beautiful forms could be born during a winter cold night. And yet, as I pondered them, I thought of how life is so like that. We live our long, worn days in the shadows and what often feels like barren, cold winter, so unaware of the miracles that are being created in our spirits. And it takes that sudden daylight, some unexpected surprise of life, to cause our gaze to look upon a simple, stunning growth that has happened quietly. And like frost designs on a winter window, they bring us beyond life's fragmentation and remind us that we're not nearly as lost as we thought we were. That all the time we thought we were dead inside. Beautiful things were being born in us. End of quote. Yes, a sermon on a windowpane. Isn't it amazing? Sermons in stones and sermons in trees and sermons in flowers. A very wise preacher once observed, and he said this, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not much more clothe you? To put it as young people like to say these days, awesome, awesome. I was uh, yesterday attended my four-year-old grandson's birthday. And there in the house of my daughter, youngest daughter, over across the state, we had, I will have to say, some awesome time as a passel of little four and two-year-olds and four-year-olds and six and eight-year-olds and 38-year-olds and 59-year-olds and a whole bunch of other year-olds all celebrated this birthday as we enjoyed sermons in the cold because as my son-in-law cooked out even though it was cold and we enjoyed all these, this awesomeness, this awesomeness of, of ice on trees and on driveways and cars and we looked around and we saw sermons sermons and stones and flowers and trees, sermons and little children, and sermons and old children. I hope that you will realize that God comes and speaks to you in 
so many different ways. If you're open, if you're yielding, if you're available. One moonlight night, a young girl and her grandmother went for a walk. The sky was magnificent. The grandmother was naming the stars and the constellations. The granddaughter exclaimed, Grandma, if the bottom side of heaven is this beautiful, just think how wonderful the other side must be. Awesome. Awesome. You know, George Washington Carver, when he was near the end of his life, he was asked an interview or asked him what he thought was the one indispensable thing that science needs to remember in the modern age. Now, listen to what Dr. Carver said. He said the capacity for all, the capacity to see the awesomeness of the creation. You see, it is this awe that opens up our finite minds to the infinite intelligence of God. It is all which connects our limited hearts to the limitless love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is all what helps us to see God's glory, God's glory that is, that is shown to us in the sea, in the land, in the moon, and the sun. This awesomeness that comes from the natural world as a place for us to encounter God. Of course, we encounter God in the Bible, in the Word, the law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord. God is revealed to us in general way in the glories of nature, but a specific way in the Word of God is found in the Bible. That is why we gather for worship. We gather week to week so that we can, so because we see and glimpse the glory of God in the world through the week, and then we come in here on Sundays out of the world into this place, this sanctuary. We come here for the rest of the story, for the story that's only given to us in the written word of God, the revelation of God to us in the Bible. That's the reason we come out of the world into this place, and then we go from this place back out into the world to live out our religion. To, real, to live out our faith, to live out what God wants us to be and do as disciples. Oftentimes, people, oftentimes, every so often, and it even happens to me, every so often, you know, it becomes routine. And when it becomes routine, it sometimes becomes commonplace. And when it becomes commonplace, it sometimes becomes kind of blah. But you see, the way to learn a lesson here is from this scripture and from this day and also from scouts. Scouts are a good ones to teach you this is that if you start feeling blah or routine or commonplace, then go back out into nature and cultivate again your capacity for all because it is from that all that will give you a whole new rich understanding of your place in the universe in your place as a child of God. And you know what? I'm not talking about going out of this building into another building. I'm talking about going out into the world, you see. And sometimes you have to get away to see that world. You have to go to a park 
or up into the mountains or the seashore, but you go and you stand, you stand at that mountain and you look, or you stand at that seashore and you look at that ocean and you, you start to cultivate this capacity for awe. You know, most of us in here, our, most of our ancestors came from, from the rolling hills of England or the mountains of Scotland. And it is one of the reasons that our ancestors loved this area so much was because of the rolling hills and the mountains. Your ancestors looked upon a tradition, often called Celtic religion today, that emphasized the goodness of creation and the gracious goodness of God, which can be seen both in the natural world and in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Scottish theologian George MacDonald said these words, and they're important for us to hear this. It just reinforces what I've been saying, is we should not just look to the Scriptures and the church to know God, but to creation as well. To creation as well. Our worship needs both parts together unified your worship can only not not just be in the outside world neither can your worship just be in the church it is a combination of both i always about in the spring when you can always tell who are golfers in your congregation they show up at the early service on sunday mornings because they have tea times and I had one golfer one time tell me, he said, I can experience God on the golf course just as well as I can in the sanctuary. And I had to give him this sermon. You can experience God partly on the golf course, but you cannot experience God as a whole without experiencing both the natural world and God's church. I said, one thing's for certain, you're not worshiping on that golf course when you exclaim a word <laughs> because you just hit your ball off the course. The bottom line is it takes both the scriptures, the church, and creation for us to understand and to know God. There's a wonderful story about the child of a rabbi who used to wander in the woods. And I'm going to finish with this. At first his father let him wander but over time, he became concerned, just like us parents and grandparents were concerned that the child's wandering around outside in the world. The woods could be a dangerous place. The father did not know what lurked there. He decided to discuss the matter with his child, and so he took his boy aside, and he says, you know, I've noticed that each day you walk into the woods, and I wonder... Why do you go there? And the boy said to his father, I go there to find God. I go there to find God. And the father thought for a moment, he said, that is a very good thing, wanting to affirm this desire in his child. He says, I'm glad you're searching for God. But my child, don't you know that God is the same everywhere? Yes, the boy answered, but I'm not. But I'm not. 
You see, this is why it's important for us to understand that God can never be put into a little small box of our own imagination. But God is in the stones, the window panes, the trees and the flowers and the lilies of the field. God is in the sanctuary, but He's also out in the world. God is everywhere. But we're not always the same, are we? We're not always the same. And therefore, we must always remember to come and to be part of worship in and out. In the world, out of the world. In the building, out of the building. And I tell you, if you're looking for a guide, and I, just for you who are scouts or been scouts and who believe so strongly in the scouting program, if you're looking for a guide, find a scout to guide you. Find a scout to guide you. Amen and amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our offering comes now. If you will be seated and let our ushers come forward.
Will you stand and let's sing? You want to put your hands out and receive this blessing? Receive this blessing. I'm going to throw it at you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours each day. Amen.
Have a good week.